I'm joined this week by Chris Searle, our resident Wanderers expert. Um, how's it going, Chris? Good, brother. Good. Tired from a weekend of fathering, but, you know, it's life. <laughs> How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So we thought we'd just have a quick little run-through of the Wanderer squad now that's pretty much been finalized. We do have our group chat, I guess, with Derek on Wednesday. So we thought it'd be a good idea just to have a quick overview of the squad, where it stands, what we think of it. And we'll take it from there. Yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good. So uh, let's start with goalkeepers. So we've, uh, we've obviously kept Mr. Oxner. And we brought in Jason. So what do you think of the, the, the two players that we have in that position? Honestly, I'm I'm not too upset. Uh, Boyle, or sorry, Jason, I don't know how to say his last name completely. Boileau, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm not good with French last names, but... Um, That's why I said Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. Um, but no, from what I've heard is he's actually a, a really solid keeper, very composed, good shot stopper, um, finds post to post really well, which um, is loved as much as I loved Williams last year. Uh, one of his flaws, I think, was he didn't quite have that end-to-end movement, that vertical step. So I think we've got that with, with Bolio, Jason. Um, on the other end, too, I think it, it's good competition for Oxner. It's a guy who's played in a system, the, the impact system, and, and a guy who's played at a high level against other players. I, I heard he was coming off of an injury, which is a theme, I think, for a lot of the guys that we've signed this year. But um, from what I understand, he's got great history uh, between the pipes, so I'm excited. Um, but on the other end, I'm, I'm super happy that we brought back Oxner. I don't think it was a doubt um, of all the guys last year, trajectory-wise. I think Oxner probably um, reached his potential, if not exceeded it, uh, compared to everybody else on the team. At the start of the year, I think there was a lot of people questioning why this guy was even on the team. Oh, he's only on the team because he's local. But anybody who's seen the guy play over the last four or five years uh, with Smew and in the summer as well knew that once he got the jitters out, he was going to be good. So I'm really excited to see the experienced Oxner um, with a little bit of competition on his heels. Yeah, I definitely like just the fact that he had John Michael Williams there like last year, I think like that little bit of competition but it was also like having that experienced head around them um because it's it's scary i'd imagine playing in front of your home crowd it like oh. every second week you know what i mean so 100 percent, and 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 he's a low-key legend where he's from in the trinidad jan michael so for him to pass that knowledge down to oxner uh in his first professional season because it's not even so much that oxner had that past professional experience that he could lean on having jan michael come back this year as a goalkeeping coach, I think is going to benefit both these guys. But I think the continuation of, of the education that he was giving Oxner last year into this year is, is only going to take Oxner to the next level. Yeah, I really hope, like, uh, as you said there, like with the uh, w- with Jason, it seems to be, unfortunately, a little bit of a thing that uh, he's always seems to be carrying injury. So let's hope that he stays injury free and we, ha- we, we have a bit of uh, strength and depth this year. So pretty excited about it. I think, uh, I think we've done well there. 100%, man, 100%. I mean, I know I mentioned before that I kind of wish we went local with the position. I, I just chalk it now to the scouting doing their due diligence and maybe there just isn't quite that name yet. You know, the reason Oxner stepped into the role he stepped into last year was because Jan Michael was dealing with injuries and, and some form issues, some confidence issues. So if Oxner has those issues this year to have a guy like Jason to back him up, um, it is like you said, strength and depth this season. I think it starts in net. So 
if we had a local guy or a young guy from around here as the backup keeper, I think that that spotlight might be a little too much. With Oxner, he had that experience with Smew. And I think the pipeline of goalies right now is actually in that university level. So you might see another local guy in a couple of years here once Oxner maybe moves on to bigger and brighter things. Yeah, definitely. We'll move on to the defenders next. So I I guess the big one from last year, for for me anyway, was that uh, we got Peter Charlotte to come back. Because I know there was a a lot of rumors that he was probably going to sign with somebody else, that kind of stuff. So how important do you think that's going to be for the squad? Massive, man, massive. And working with you sports this year, I actually had the opportunity to watch Peter um, finish his university career with CBU after he left the Wanderers. And like you know, I mean, it's just a treat to watch the guy. He's he's incredibly composed. He's a fantastic ball-playing defender, um, something that I don't think he was able to really show with the Wanderers last year. But with CBU, the offense almost went through him in a strange way. I, I say to people all the time, you should have saw him on on set pieces, even on, on the, the beginning of a second half, you'd see Peter pretty much at the at the halfway line and, and making a, a sprint forward to try to get that that flick on or even finish off a, a mistake by the defense. So Peter's total football skills, I think, is completely underrated. And I think with um, the, the new signings next to him, we'll get to that in a second, um, <laughs> It's going to allow him to express himself. I loved Arnone, but you know, similar to Oxner last year, at the beginning there were those jitters. Um, now I think Peter has that dependability next to him. Not that Arnone wasn't. He was fantastic. But he'll have that dependability next to him that will allow him to express himself. So I think it's huge also because he's a great communicator. and We saw that in bunches last year. Yeah, I, I'm like that, that was one of the big things for me uh, in the off season that we got him back. So I'm I'm super pumped for that. Um, he's definitely ingrained himself into uh, Wanderers legend already. So I mean, yeah. the fact that he was up bouncing around the kitchen some in, at some home games was uh, just helped build his reputation as yeah, somebody that we love. So um, I, I guess next, um, this this one was a kind of a little bit left field for me because I, I I I've never heard of the guy. So you're gonna have to tell us just a little bit about him. James uh, Jeffrard, oh, am I saying that right? Yeah, Jeffrard, Jeffrard. Yes, he's uh, – it's funny you say that you never heard of him because of all the signings, actually. He's the one I'm most excited about. Um, I don't know a lot about his overall career, but during the Gold Cup uh, last year, he was uh, – When you every international tournament, you have a guy that takes themselves to the next level in terms of popularity. And – to see this dude play in that gold cup, especially the last game against Mexico, I think you can still find some clips on YouTube, but I remember staying up late to watch that game. And there's a, there's a charisma to how he plays defense. And, and it's exciting to me because with that charisma, there's also a patience and a maturity. Uh, He's, I think in my opinion, punching way below his weight. I thought after the gold cup, he would have ended up finding himself in a, in a bigger place than Fresno, but with that said, I don't know if he had any injury issues or or if he has a, uh, a want to play in the MLS. But I'm super, super excited about him. Um, like I said, I don't know much about his overall game, but the, the resume that he built at the Gold Cup alone, if he partners with Peter, we're in good hands. Yeah, I, I, I think if I was a player right now, I, I honestly think the CPL is probably a better stepping stone into the MLS than a lot of these kind of uh, – like smaller division teams in the in the states um 
we've had a few players obviously make the jump already and I I just think it's um, especially with the the, getting to play against the impact and Toronto and stuff like that that's going to like help elevate their 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 presence and stuff like that so I I can see why he would want to come to Halifax Um, and the fact that we have another like another international is crazy like it's shows how much the um, the standard of the the league, the standard of the club, has kind of grown in the space of a year. It's it's incredible. Instantly, I mean, when you think about it, we have Marshall. We'll talk about after Jeffrard, Garcia. They're all internationals, established internationals, and 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 then you've got guys that were on their way to being established internationals while they were youths. So, like you said, it's in one year the standard has has almost doubled in a weird way. Moving on to our next one, um, I was thought that we'd get a bit of a, a samba flair to these things. So, uh, uh, Eric Santos, uh, yes. what can you tell us about him? Honestly, he's a he's one that I don't know anything about. But there was that YouTube video going around about that match that he had. I don't know if it was last season or the year before, and I watched it in full. And similar to Peter, he seems like he's a bit of a ball playing defender. He's he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He likes to take it out from the back. Um, with a holding midfielder, if I, I'm assuming Steven's going to play with the same system, it's going to allow him to have that freedom. I don't know if he's the type of guy to have as your starter every match. Um, from what I was reading with his career history, it seemed like he starts seasons off fast but kind of slows down towards the end of them. Uh, I don't know if that's a fitness thing or not, but it's something to look forward to because last year, once Peter left, it was Arnone and Duran. And behind them, obviously, we had Chris, but with with Shaq, we didn't know what was going on with his fitness. Um, this Santos fella looks like that he's he's the perfect person to be that third or fourth center back that's still going to play every once in a while. And he has a similar style to Peter. So I think he's going to kind of back Peter up directly, whereas Chris, who I think we're going to get to next, is going to be more that layback guy, even though we know Chris is good with the ball at his feet. Um, he's going to be more so the replacement for Jeff Rard, I think, in that that middle back. Yeah, like I just just reading up, like obviously, like you get excited about these things. Read up, so he's been playing at a pretty okay standard. Like he's been playing in Georgia, um, yeah. I think he's played in the Europa League and stuff like that. So yeah. he's he has a pretty decent CV. So I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. I I think you're right though. I think like he might be one of those players that halfway through the season might be come in and be like a permanent player. Like yeah. you might only see bits and pieces of him at the beginning, but um. Yeah. Uh, let's let's hope that um, he is either going to be a great starter or a really decent backup because some 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 um, positions last year I really felt we were a little bit lacking in depth and, yeah, I think- and got lucky too in some places like I mentioned at center back we were very lucky that we weren't in a situation where Shaq might not have been ready yet and we only had Arnone, Chris and Arnone, Chris and Duran so if one of those guys got hurt, or, or even at right back, if Bona got hurt and Chris had to shift over to right back, there was there were lots of different issues last year that could have actually been worse than they were. So I think that Steven has done a good job to prepare for the worst case scenario this year. Next on our list is our good friend and guest on the podcast, uh, Mr. Insa. How happy are you that we, we kept him? 100% from a personal standpoint. Um, he's a great kid, professional composed, smart, funny, like a team player, the type of guy that you want to have on your team. What we learned about him last year was 
regardless of if he's going to make a mistake or not, he's going to try to clean up that mess. He wears his heart on his sleeve through his feet, um, which is a term my old coach used to use. You don't want to <laughs> be too emotional, but you want your game to speak. We were talking um, with him a couple episodes ago. He's a tackling machine, and you can't state enough how important it is to have that. He's multifaceted in the fact that he can play the holding midfield position. He looks to send the ball wide, so he's a really good fullback as well. He played, I think, both flanks last year, if I'm not mistaken. It almost feels like he's not quite the finished product yet, and that's actually what makes me really excited because, again, if there is a worst-case scenario and Chris has to come in to play five straight matches in multiple positions, um, is he going to be able to do that? I'm extremely confident based off of what he did last year that he'll be able to do that. And if one of the next defenders we're talking about doesn't make the team during these upcoming tryouts, Chris might end up having himself in a role where he could be a starting right back as well. So I'm super excited because he fits the mold, Steven's coaching mold, guys who can play multiple roles, multiple positions. And like I said, man, he's got the good character. Yeah, I, I mean, like he he's he's a really nice guy. Like I really enjoy talking to him and he's got a – a lot of passion for the game too, which is great. But having that utility available to us oh, is man. phenomenal, yeah. and it's um, it's it's really going to help if we do have that. Because, like as we were talking there, I mean, like the different types of fields, people are just going to pick up injuries. Like you know, guys who are only used to playing on grass, and then they're suddenly playing on turf and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's going to be great to have guys like that that can just kind of slot in where needed. So, um, so moving on to the next one, um, I. I, I'm kind of excited about about this guy. So it's uh, Daniel Kanumbe. Am I saying yes. that right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I am, oh, man. Me too. Me too. I, I am super excited about this kid, and I think it, that was a huge uh, coup for the club to get him. The fact that he, like he's just being called up to the Olympic squad or the Olympic uh, potential the squad. squad. Yeah, yeah. Kind so, of like a uh, shortlist, if you will. Yeah. So um, tell us, uh, tell us what you know about him and uh, where do you think he's going to fit into the greater scheme of things? Well, a few years ago, actually, is when his name first came across my radar. Uh, you'll hear me say this often over the next few months slash years, however long we do this for. But um, football manager, he was one of the, the up and coming young Canadian fullbacks in the game. And you kind of followed what he was doing in real life. And you saw he was an impact Academy guy and he had some interest from other MLS clubs to actually come up and play for their first teams rather than playing in the impact Academy. Um, from what I heard though, like I said, it's, it's going to be a theme of a lot of the new signings. He's had a lot of injury issues. Um, not so much injury issues in the sense that he's a reckless player. From what I've heard, he's actually for his pace and his ability. He's, he's very balanced with his style, but he's just had bad luck. Um, at one point there was an article I remember reading a few years ago, I, I guess, like I said, just a couple of years ago, um, where he was listed as Canada's next best under 20, under 23 left back. So to see that he still has that respect from the national team by making the preliminary squad just enhances my excitement. The only thing that kind of throws me back, and, and I mean, I could be wrong with this, but. Um, I, I was excited, but when I went to do research on him, I think he's only played five actual organized matches. Could be wrong. Might be wrong. This is now on wax, so if I'm wrong, I hope somebody corrects me. But I was told that he only played five matches between the Impact and the Fury. So he's never really truly played consistently even at a Canadian Premier League level. It's going to be interesting to see if he's even capable of being an everyday guy. Kind of feel the same way like i um i don't think he has played an awful lot to be honest but i i just think that like even like with 
Chris, that we just talked about, like the impact system yeah. seems to be a really great p- base for these guys. And I really yeah. think, um, given given this chance, I, I think he's going to be- become. I think we might get one or two years out of him, and then you're going to see him go to a higher level. That's I would hope so, man. I mean, that's yep. you, you obviously want to see some of these guys stay here longer than that, from a, both a personal and professional aspect. But at the same time especially professionally, you want to see them move on to bigger and better things. And knowing the potential he had and the reputation he had before injuries kind of derailed his career, you hope he hits the ground running here in Halifax and, and somebody picks him up almost immediately because you you feel bad for some of these kids because the hype gets around them at a young age and, and they may not know how to deal with the defeat of, of their career. So something like the Canadian Premier League gives some of these guys the second chance that they may not have had in another spot. I'm not saying that's the case with Daniel, um, especially considering like Chris, he's a player that can play in multiple positions. To, to see him have an opportunity in a professional league in his home country, it, it's fantastic to me. And, and I hope that he hits the ground running. And that's why, like, honestly, that I think that's that's why I'm really happy that this league has been built, that these guys are getting a chance to showcase their talent rather than just rotting away in the reserves of Montreal or Toronto. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, you know, the fact that they're getting to actually play week in, week out in front of 6,000, 7,000 people, it's going to be great for them, I think. But like you said too before, you'll have the opportunity to play against, like I was talking to Chris privately, to play against Montreal, to play against Toronto, to play against Vancouver, to play against those academies that they grew up playing in. The Canadian Championship gives you a much more likely opportunity to realize those dreams. And I think that that might have even been, I can't say the reason why these guys signed that came from the Impact Academy, but I'm sure that they saw the Canadian Championship schedule that was released before they signed and had a twinkle in their eye like, hey, you know, maybe I'm going to go play for Halifax to get my revenge. But um, all that aside, like it's it's cool to see that become more likely and more possible, too, because like if these guys go to the USL, it's very unlikely that they're going to play Montreal. Actually, I think it's doubtful in terms of competitive football that they would play against a Montreal, Toronto or Vancouver. So this gives them that opportunity. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge selling point for the league too. Um, so our, our next guy, uh, Matteo Restrepo. Yep. Um, what do you know about our Colombian friend? Not a whole lot in terms of his actual skill set, but when I've, I've read a few articles about him. He has a, a tremendous reputation in the NCAA, one of the most composed fullbacks they set on the West Coast. Um, UC Santa Barbara, I believe, at the beginning of his four-year tenure with them were one of the worst teams in their conference. And by the end of his tenure, I could be wrong with this, but I think they made it to the the quarterfinals of the national championships. So, wow. yeah, they, they, I think they lost their conference final, but they still qualified for nationals and, and were one of the eight best teams in the country. So um, having somebody like him coming in, a different experience, I think, with his youth soccer, um, somebody who's already been part of a system, somebody who's been part of a long-term rebuild. When you put four years together, that's that's no slouch. Um, and I think somebody who wants to also prove himself at the next level and needs the Canadian Premier League to be that opportunity for him. Um, from what I understand and have heard, though, he's, he's the bee's knees. Um, very composed. He doesn't do anything wrong. Sometimes you don't hear his name, and when you're a defender, that's a good thing. But he's uh, he's a balanced right back. So I'm I'm excited to see how he slots in. If he ends up being the guy and, and Insa's behind him, if he backs up Insa, if Ruby makes the team, 
where he fits in. It's going to be interesting to see, but I'm excited because of the resume of his career, just the the simple and plain fact that he's already been part of a of a build. Yeah, I saw there as well that like he uh, he played for uh, the youth system of uh, a team in Germany too, so he has a little bit of uh, international experience too. So I I honestly think like just looking over, um, we, I haven't forgot about Alex, but just looking over the overall. Um, make above the defenders that they brought in like competition breeds um, breeds success so I re- I'm really happy that like it's not just going to be okay these guys are going to be the starters and these other guys don't have a chance yeah so, that's, that's honestly you, you took the words out of my mouth that's kind of been my favorite part of the signings is you don't know like we, we were just talking about Peter being a lock for center back I think he is I think logically speaking he would be too but we don't know what Santos brings we don't really know what Jeff Rard brings these guys might be better than Peter um, maybe we play a three in the back system where the fullbacks get more forward you know what I mean we we it's still unpredictable and with the unpredictability it, it you could almost put any guy in any position and still feel confident and we haven't even seen them play together yet so the signings are definitely the right direction. So yeah. So last but not least, then our good friend uh, Alex De Carolus. Um, what does Alex bring to the team? Lots of poise. Um, I know he lost his cool a few times on the mic, but um, there's there's such a poise to that guy. And, and I mean, you know me, my family, we were big big fans of Zoom. Um, but when Langlois' situation happened the way it happened, De Carolus stepped in and, arguably speaking, was one of the best fullbacks in the league. Um, he had an eye for attack that I don't think he was allowed to express because of the way tactics kind of worked out last year. But I look forward to seeing him be more of the commanding figure this year. I felt like last year, somebody told me actually he he came into the team with the intention of being a center back. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but he's a, a ball player similar to the sense that Peter is. He just wasn't really able to express it. So I'm super excited he's back because I think we're going to see a different level of Alex. I think less defensive, more attacking-minded, um, especially if the midfield and the defense are set up the way I think they're going to be. But um, aside from the soccer standpoint, like I always say, after every game, he led the line to applaud the fans. Um, and he was one of the guys that used to go all the way down to, to Section 101. And he would walk the whole way. And we always – gave him praise and acknowledgement. And I know he felt that. And, and I know he's excited to come back too, because I think he's ready to perform for us uh, at that next level. So, yeah. yeah, he's definitely a great guy. And I'm uh, really glad that he's another one that kind of got to come back. So don't forget about Jake Ruby. I know he's not officially on the team yet. I know there's another fella in midfield who's not officially on the team yet. Um, but Jake Ruby, Trinity Western, a fantastic young fullback that if he makes the team slash decides to play for the Wanderers, um, could definitely add to that depth that we were speaking about. Uh, he's he's amazing, man. He's he's quick. He's composed. He finds the middle of the field. He's confident on the ball. He gets forward, but he can put in a tackle too. So if I'm a manager, I don't even have to see him try out. He'd be on the team tomorrow. So um, I, I know he's not officially on the team. He should probably shouldn't even be part of this yet because I might be jinxing him. But um, I honestly look forward to seeing Jake Ruby on the team because I think he's going to bring a lot. Um, and uh, you hear you heard it here first. So, <laughs> so moved into midfield. Um, I am also really, really um, excited about our midfield options this year too. Um, I'm going to start with um, it's just such a, 
big choice. I'm going to go, uh, let's talk about LBG. Uh, Louis, 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 Louis. Yes. What, Very, what, a, uh, what, a, what a coup for the club. Big um, time. Big time. Um, we knew before the season was even over last year that we were heavy on his radar, but we also kind of figured because he performed so well with Valor that he'd have suitors not even just south of the border, but overseas. Um, probably the most composed and best box-to-box midfielder in the league. I think I could safely say that. I've got some names running through my head, and I don't even think they beat him. Um, He's got a pick of a pass, finds the spaces, holds the midfield, uh, actually holds the flanks well too, which I think is going to work really well with our system if we play the way I think we're going to play. I think he's, as much as I loved Elton John, he's a younger, quicker um, just just a, a a fresher version of Elton to hold that midfield, but he's also somebody that's got a strike and a half, even though he only showed it once last year. Um, we know he has it. I'm super excited. I, it's going to be nice to poke at Valor fans next year that we got their <laughs> their best player, even though I think people will argue that Bustos or Petrasso was their best player. Bustos and Petrasso weren't what they were last year without LBG. Amazing. Yeah, I'm... I'm- Super excited that I'm. I honestly think with that one, uh, the the fans played a big part in that one. So hundred percent. Well, I mean, it, it, it's not even a think. Of just like I said, from from knowing what we knew, still when the season was going, we pretty much were the number one reason why he wanted to come here, and it was as much as the players on the other team showed his love last year. I think that was the first truly flattering thing, and to see it follow through to a signing is a feather in our caps as far as I'm concerned. Big time, big time. Yeah. Um, so well done, everyone, on that one. Amen. Uh, <laughs> so uh, next one, I, I think that we should uh, just give a good mention to uh, local lad, uh, Scotty Firth. Uh, uh, what, what, what do you expect from Scott this year? I think it's another unpredictable one. Um, the team is young. I think I read something that it's like the average age of our team is 23. So there's lots of those under 21 options for the, the minutes limit. So Scotty's role in the team for me is still kind of unconfirmed. He could be a end of the match, shore things up midfielder. He could be a guy that starts every third game to rest guys. That's what I want to see. I don't think we saw him enough in positions late in the season where the matches really didn't matter. Steven, give him the opportunity to get his feet wet. He did make a few appearances, but I still felt like they were limited appearances where he wasn't able to express himself, make mistakes, um, try to find his lane, his groove. But the fact that he was re-signed aside from the local factor means that he was doing something in training. Steven sees some sort of potential in him to, to bring him back this year because there were other midfield options last year that I thought he could and should have brought back. That local connection is beyond the field the for for young kids in this city to see a guy that's just finished high school as far or, or finishing high school realize their professional dreams is unmeasurable and i think the long-term effects of a scotty firth on our team is is probably more important than the short term i, I think so too and no I, hate I on scotty no hate on scotty don't don't get no, me I, 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 I love I, his parents and i know they're probably gonna smack me when they listen to this <laughs> um, and they know how mad i was that he didn't get the opportunities last year i i, I felt like as the season went on and we realized that we weren't going to be 
one of those contenders, I really felt like Scotty should have had more reps. And I hope that this year, if, if it goes down that road or or even in a more important role, Scotty's just given more time. I, I honestly think um, it's kind of a catch-22 for the coach in a way because a team that's struggling, you put in a young kid like that and then, you know, um, a lot falls on their shoulders then. So I, I, I kind of, I can understand from both angles. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, I know you want to kind of throw them in there and get the minutes in, but when you're in a team that's, not doing so well um especially i think steven really wants to get the, the wins on the board and there's a lot of games that were so close yeah um i think you kind of wanted to go with, with tried and trusted but i honestly think that kid has got a great future and i'm looking forward to seeing more of him um in the new season oh yeah, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong he's 18 yeah I mean, it's crazy he's got so yeah, much ahead of him the potential is is unlimited and and like people who have been watching him over the last few years and and there's a couple of kids in, in our section that actually played with him they all say that you know, you guys haven't seen anything yet. So that also makes me excited because, again, like for the local kids to see this, it means everything. For him to perform at this level could take it to the next level. So our, our next goal um, is, uh, I think we would talk about young Sissoko. Just off his trial there with the Whitecaps, am I right? Yep. Um, so that's really exciting, you know, like for him, for the club. Um, I know you know a little bit about him because you follow U Sports. So, uh what can we expect from Sissoko? That's he's a secret weapon right now. It it really depends on what kind of midfield Steven plays. If he plays with like a hard three in the middle, he's I was just talking about Louis being the perfect replacement for Elton, but he's almost the perfect guy to have behind like a Louis and 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 Rampersad who we're going to be talking about here soon. He's an anchor man, but he's also somebody who can dribble. And when you have an anchorman who can dribble, the, the possibilities are endless through the middle of the field. I think one of the things that we were really limited with last year was that we didn't have somebody to put their head down and, and make that 10, 15-yard run in the middle of the field to try to stretch the defense a little bit. This year, I felt like all the signings were that. And I think it starts and finishes with Suzoko because of all the signings, I feel like he probably will be the deepest of the midfielders. But he also has the ability to make that run as good, if not better, than any of the central midfielders in the team. So... Um, he's a secret weapon, man. I, I mean, I knew he was good, but when he got the trial with the Whitecaps, it meant that something was going on aside from his performances with Montreal, which, I mean, he was the best player in the country last year. There's, there's no understating that. But, you know, the, so many great U Sports University, Canadian University players don't get that opportunity at the next level. You know, he's playing professionally now for us, and he got a sniff at a, at a higher tier. So... He's doing something behind the scenes that has gotten the respect of coaches. And, you know, I've talked about other guys being the the signings I'm most excited about, but I think he's the one that I'm really anxious about. I'm super excited to see him. I, I think just the fact that obviously the, the Whitecaps scouting system, I've seen something in him. Um, that I think hopefully we'll get to see too. <laughs> I hope so. so. I hope so. I mean, for a while there, no, nah, I shouldn't say a while, a couple of days there, there was a bit of a worry that we may never see him in a Wanderers kit. And I think he even, I, I could be wrong, made the first full cut and was one of the last like 35 guys on wow. the thing. Yeah. So like he, he even made it past like the trial run, which I think like he was on trial. So he made it past the trial run and at least had an outside consideration to maybe fill the squad. Just reading forums online and stuff, you know, fans that are actually out there that are going to these sessions or or at least getting the inside dirt from these sessions. We're all saying that he was he was doing himself. Him and uh, Didich from Edmonton, the fact that neither one of them uh, made the, the Whitecaps team was a bit of a surprise to some people. I think Sissoko less than Didich. 
And I felt like even if Sissoko was signed by Vancouver, the likely thing would be they would loan him back to us for the season or at least until July. And then maybe they're they're their train is on fire like it always seems to be in Vancouver. So, um, but yeah, I, he's like, I, he's the secret weapon, man, because he could be the guy off the bench in 10, 15 games. He could also start 25 matches for the team this year. I don't know what, what the possibilities are with him, but I think other people do. And Vancouver noticed and realized it. So I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, you'll hear some rumblings through preseason, and uh, we might know a little bit more before the season starts. So um, exciting times. So you brought up our good friend there, Andre. So uh, let's talk about him next. Mr. Rampersad fitting into the uh, the greater scheme of things. From a personal standpoint, I'd love to see him in the starting 11. Um, he has, in a midfield that has changed drastically, he has the experience playing in Halifax, playing with Steven, that it would make sense to have him structured, whether it would be in a middle two or a middle three. My opinion of the seven guys that came back, other people will argue Shala or Garcia, but I think that him coming back this year is probably the low-key most important returning player, could be coast-to-coast coast in the league. I think that he was very underrated last year, very unsung last year. One of the players that at the start of the year – you were kind of uneasy about because he was making some mistakes, some tough turnovers in the midfield. The other midfielders kind of cleaned them up. But the education of Elton and him working with Elton together in the midfield two or having Elton behind him in a midfield three, by the end of the year, especially actually bring it back a little bit when Elton was gone for that that brief period there, Rampersad became almost like a captain for the team. And that's the the untapped stuff from last year that I'm really excited to see this year is what's he going to bring in terms of leadership? What's he going to bring in terms of commanding the midfield, controlling the midfield? Is he going to hold the ball more? I'm, I sound like a broken record, super excited to see what Rampersad brings this year because in my opinion, he feels like a new signing in the sense that with everybody changing in the midfield, like I said, that continuity, that experience from last year, super important. I guess like just from the overarching thing there is that, you know, we brought in players like Jan Michael and Elton last year. And a lot of people were kind of worried that we were just bringing in guys who just Stephen were Stephen's friends. But the influence these guys seem to have had on the squad, whether they were playing or not. Seems to be invaluable, and all four uh, of them, all four yeah. of them, like Garcia too. All four of those Trinidad guys contributed well, no, I, on and off the field. It's unstated, really. It really is, and and I feel like Jan Michael obviously is still on as a coach, but his influence and Elton's influence will both be felt this year. You know, I think that was kind of clever in a way on Stevens' part too to bring those guys in. So, so let's move on to uh, Omar. Omar. Krem? Am I saying that same? I, I, I believe it's it's Krem. Krem? 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Omar, if we... I know, I feel name, I feel right? really bad that I'm butchering <laughs> people's names here. But, um, so he, he's another U-Sports uh, alumni. So um, what, what do you know about Omar? Same as Suzoko, man. The, the two of them national champions together. Uh, he was he was like the, the skulls, I guess, to the Carrick in that that Montreal Carabans midfield where where Sissoko would sit back and try to find the lanes and then make the runs when he could and then and then Skulls would find the pockets of space, turn and, and find the holes. I know I sound like I'm crazy right now, but trust me, it happened at one point in history. They had a really good combination together that I'm interested to see 
if Steven actually utilizes the two of them together, if that's what his idea was structurally by bringing the two of them in. But Omar individually, he's full of flair, um, which is exciting. I was talking about not having that guy in the middle of the park to really put his head down and, and run with the ball. Like Ida and Guti last year, they were fantastic, but it seemed like whenever they made progress, they checked back, they checked back, they checked back. Omar's a guy that's going to draw a foul for you. He's going to win a step over. He's going to put in a good dribble. He's going to put in a fantastic pass. And he's got, he's like I said, he's got flair. He's got a, he's got a good eye for the attack. So there's a possibility that he could even be in the attacking structure of the team. If Steven plays with like two hard midfielders, Omar could be that middle third guy, which on the other end is kind of a fear of mine that we're not going to see a whole lot of him this year because we've got a ton of guys that can play in that role. Um, but from what I saw of him, like I said, man, it, it's it's just an, another guy in the middle of the field where I feel like there's more composure putting his head down and dribbling with the ball, and, and that's going to help stretch other defenses. Awesome. Um, so uh, moving on to one of the one of the big signings, I think, of the of the of the, the off season there, uh, Mr. Marshall, Alex Marshall. So is he going to be a guaranteed starter, and where do you see him fitting in? I personally think he should be a guaranteed starter on he's predominantly a left winger from what I saw slash have heard, but he can play up front. He could also play in that position. I was just talking about Omar playing in behind the striker. And I mean, who knows? It's the Canadian Premier League. He may even be able to play on the right wing. Um, by the sounds of things, we have another guy who's adaptable in multiple positions. So with his resume and his skill set, it would make sense that he would naturally replace Mohamed Karuma. And he almost has that added cut inability that Mo didn't quite have. When Mo would cut in or cross as, as fluently as he did it, it always seemed to be scarce because the other players wouldn't move around him. Marshall has the ability to hold up the ball both by being patient and with pace. So if I'm picking my starting 11, he's starting for me, whether it's in the middle or on the left, because I feel like he's going to be that piece that's going to allow the midfielders, the the Louis and the the Omars and, and and the ramps to actually get forward into those attacking positions. So he's he similar to another fellow we'll be talking about later in Morelli has multiple skill sets on offense where they can shoot, they can pass, dribble, all of it. I sound like I'm an amateur right now talking about it, but when I watch the guy, he leaves me flabbergasted. So I'm super excited and I think he walks in the starting eleven, but we don't know what's going on with his fitness. We don't know, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, which is, you know, a lot of the reasons why a lot of guys didn't play last year and we were upset. Why isn't this guy playing? Why isn't that guy playing? We found out after the year behind the scenes stuff. So we don't know what's going on with him. I don't really want to know what's going on with him. I hope he comes <laughs> in here and I hope he's in the starting 11. Me too, man. Me too. I, I'm, I'm really excited about that one. And I think, uh, you know, it's another one of these kind of guys that you've we've kind of just touched over there that like just seems to have that little bit of uh, potential that that's still waiting to be found. So yeah, um, I, international I, pedigree too. Yeah. So we I'm really earlier. excited and it was definitely a signing from like left field. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's all the midfielders. I think we've done everybody. Uh, the only other one I, and I, I'm only going to add him here just so I don't forget about him. He's kind of like Ruby. He's not quite on the team, but Corey bent, um, more so than Ruby, I think he's probably a lock to make the team. He played with Peter at CBU, and you want to talk about a blur. This kid is unbelievably fast. Uh, I heard he's related to Darren Bent, 
So he's got good footballing genes. <laughs> I mean, depending on how good you want to declare Darren Bent, but uh, Charlton Athletic Darren Bent was a pretty darn good striker. So yeah, Tottenham Darren Bent yeah. was a fucking disaster. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah, just about everybody after Charlton Athletic, he doesn't really too much to talk about. But um, he he caught me off guard because I had heard the name, but I didn't know that he had the ability he had. And when I worked that first game, I almost couldn't keep my eyes off of this guy. I wanted to write the whole article that I was writing about him. He was uh, just just a stop-and-go energetic pace that you can't teach. You could tell he's had a football at his foot since he learned how to walk. And he, the ability for him to use the outside of his foot to generate space for a winger. I'm super excited for Corey, and I hope he makes the team – he'd walk on my team any any day of the week. So I hope he makes the team. Yeah, it sounds like a, an exciting prospect. I honestly thought that he was signed up already. I, I thought that they announced it. Like, I could be wrong. The thing yeah. with him is, I on one hand, I've heard that he's done. On the other hand, I heard that he's not at Cape Breton University. I haven't bugged him on Instagram. I want to let these guys simmer because we're going to bug him for the next few months. <laughs> but it's going to be one of the first questions I or hopefully anybody asks to confirm. And I guess it's kind of like we've been talking about on the show, the transparency of the league and the team. And I, I mean, it's something maybe we can ask Derek on Wednesday what the, the bench situation actually is. From what I understood, last year was his last year. So I, I don't know why we haven't signed him. Maybe we're doing due diligence with him being a draft pick that we're going to like make him try out. But I think that Steven is going to be so impressed that if he's not going back to Cape Breton next year and isn't leaving during the summer, he's going to put the pen to the paper. He's incredible. Awesome. Uh, so hopefully Derek can uh, confirm that for us on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, so moving into the forward line. So another one that everybody seemed to be kind of excited about, but I think there's been a, a kind of question on the fitness on this one as well. Alessandro Rigi. Super, super excited. I know, broken record. But he comes with a pedigree. You know, FC Montreal, he carried them for two years before they folded, found himself without a club. Didier Drogba pretty much handpicked him to come play for Phoenix. So optically speaking, he's an incredible footballer. But when you look at his resume, your eyebrows kind of raise like, oh, okay. What's this guy all about? When you dig below the surface, bad injury. I don't know if it was a knee, I think ACL or, or something like that. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but um, I should have did a little more research before I did this podcast. But he was, from, from what I understand, the kind of guy that glues your offense together, plays the free role, kind of similar to how Garcia was the right, the middle, up front, just kind of interchanging I hope that he's fit enough that he can start the season, but I would prefer him to just relax, take his time, rest, even if he's not in like in full fitness until June slash July. I know with the single table format, it's hard to to have a guy sit out that long, but you know, knee injuries are hard. And if he's training with the guys and he's developing chemistry with the guys, the the front line is so stacked this year in a weird way that he can almost take his time way more than we actually would would prefer because we'd like him to be in the team but he can relax and 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 with that i think we're going to end up seeing the best of him rather than us rushing him in i think that's where like as you said a uh like having 
like Corey Bent there or somebody like that, just somebody who can just kind of fill in for the time being even, just to um, give him time, because that's the worst thing that can happen. The grounds, as we've talked about multiple times, is are hard on knees. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let, let's hope that uh, he's given the time to get himself together, because I'm really excited for him to play for us. So, me too, uh, me too. So, next one, Zhao Morelli. Yeah, he's he's another mystery man, I I guess. I mean, he had a bit of a reputation. He was a, a Middlesbrough property for a few years, and they loaned him to I I don't know how to say the club like Lavetia or something like that. And he was a bit of a success, but he came back to Middlesbrough, didn't work. Went back to Brazil, didn't work, and went back to Lavetia and became uh, a superstar for lack of better terms. I've only seen clips of him on YouTube, but again, you know you. You, your eyes raise. You're like, holy smokes, this guy is what we were missing last year. Somebody who can carry the ball. Again, I sound like a broken record. Somebody who can carry the ball with confidence through the midfield. He's He's got that ability to play in the free roll. I think they said he had, uh, frig, it was like 30, 30 something goals and 18 assists or something in the last year and a half or something like that. Like he's got the wow. eye. Yeah. Like he's got the eye for pretty much every facet of the attack. So I don't know what's up with him in terms of him. Like I, I, you know, I, I sound like I'm talking bad about the Canadian Premier League, but why he's not at a higher level, why it didn't work with Middlesbrough, or or why after his stint with Fleetwood that another English team didn't pick him up. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a super sub or if he's going to be that guy that's going to fill in. But I'm excited about him because as much of, a, of as much of an enigma as he seems. Um, he actually has uh, the reputation as well. So yeah, it seems like he played like uh, quite a few games last year too. So I, I think um, it's just because there's so many people going through the systems in England, and the work permit thing is really difficult in in England. Yeah, um, I, I think that's what happened to Jan Michael when he was there. Um, it's just you have to be it's an international and you have to be reaching a certain standard. It's very hard yeah. for players to actually get get kept on. So that. That could be part of why he didn't make it in England, but you know it's another one that it's. I, I think it's just exciting, you know, like you're, you're hoping that these guys are going to be the, the the real deal, right? So um, even if they like, even if they reach a sliver of the potential they had when they had the the hype a couple of years ago, like Kanumbe, for example. Like I said, I, I a couple of years ago, I had heard about this guy. This guy was supposed to be Canada's next best left back, and if he even hits a smidgen of that potential with the Wanderers we've made an, an incredible signing. So he's with, with Rigi too is the same thing. Like if, if he even hits a sliver of that potential of, of that skill that he showed with Phoenix and FC Montreal, bam, we, we just found ourselves a new fit, a, a guy that we can have confidence in hopefully stays for two years. I, I, I'm smiling right now. Cause I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's cool. Like, and it's like, it's going to be nice. Like it's kind of a little bit of an adventure for everybody. It's kind of like the way that last year kind of started off that everybody was like super pumped and a little bit unsure of who was coming in. We seem to know, a little bit more about the guys that we're bringing in this year to be perfectly yeah. honest and it's just guys like this that you, you you're just kind of wondering what's happened to them right so it, it yeah. football the a harsh mistress and it's like you know this this is the good thing about the, the canadian premier league it's given them another little window to for yeah. people to see them so well i mean look uh, at waterman joel waterman perfect example he just started his first mls game yesterday and got an assist yeah so exactly it, and that's that's the great thing about this you know he wouldn't uh, have had that platform if he wasn't with cavalry so 
yeah, he'd be like he probably would have been, as I said, like just rotting away in uh, somebody's youth system or just playing local football. So good for him. Um, so uh, our good friend, Mister Sano, uh, what, Ibra. So what are you expecting from this guy? I actually, I'm probably the one person who has high expectations for Ibra. Our good friend Marvin actually was the dude who put me on to Ibra last year. He thought that Ibra had the potential to actually sign with the Wanderers last year. I don't know what the stats were, but I mean, a hundred and something goals and I don't know how many games, 30, 40, 50 games, regardless of if it's 30, 40, 50, 60 games, even 80 games, you could score a hundred goals in a hundred games. And I'm happy that you're a Wanderer. So I'm one of the people, one of the few people, I think that almost expects him to be that guy to grab this opportunity by the horns and score, even if he puts 10 in the net, that's a, a far cry from what we had last year with all due respect to the boys that played up front last year. So I don't think the expectations for him are high from the general fan base. And I think that's going to allow him to express himself. And with the Marshall, with a with a Garcia, with all these experienced guys there behind him, he's going to be able to, take his time, although he is the number nine, to build himself into the system. No pressure for him to actually hit the ground running. But I think that he's going to be the sneaky signing for the team this year because he's the type of person with all the issues we had last year scoring goals who just knows how to put it in the back of the net. So, you know, you, you, can't, under, you can't understate a striker that just visualizes seeing the ball go in the net. And I think that he's going to bring that to the team. Yeah, I like I, I met him the other night at the uh, Jersey Unveil, and he's a really nice guy too, which always helps in these matters, right? Um, he 100%. seems like he's down to earth and um, just his stats are incredible. And I honestly think that given half a chance, he's going he's gonna to grab it. So do you think he's going to be a starter? Well, I mean, he's wearing the number nine, man. So it's... It's a hard one for me because, like, if, if I'm going to be completely honest, Garcia is probably still going to lead the line. He didn't do anything wrong last year as a striker to throw in a guy that's generally unproven at this level. I can't say he's unproven, though, because, I mean, the kid played amazing at Hall in college and was clearly playing in a league that was way below his skill set. He might not be the instant success Having a Garcia, having a Marshall, having these other guys that do have a little bit of experience at a professional level, I think is going to allow him to just ease into it. So if I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say that Steven is going to maybe roll the dice with him. And if it kind of flops at the start, he's got the, like I said, put the ball in the net mentality that he's still going to probably make 15, 20 appearances this year coming off the bench. So I know, I know I'm pausing right now a lot because I'm thinking hard, like other guys on the team and stuff. I think, yeah, I think Steven is probably going to throw him into the fire at the start to see what happens. Sure, sure. I mean, like like last season, um, we came last. So I think people, anything we do better than that, people will be happy with. So I think it's it's a good opportunity for for these guys to like really, especially the, the forward line where we struggled so much last year. And as you said there, I mean, like, I don't think it was all Garcia's fault. I mean, like, I just think the service wasn't there. Yeah. Um, like, like he made goals on his own. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, like, just so like, 
no disrespect to the guys that we had last year, but I, I just I think some of them are just like a little bit lightweight or just the, the level was just a little bit more than what they thought was going to be. So uh, I honestly think this year, I think uh, uh, Garcia is going to be a, a much better player because um, he's going to have these guys in behind him that are going to create the chances for him because I think he's a proper goal scorer. It's just if the chances aren't, aren't coming your way, what are you supposed to do, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you, you, you talked about the guys last year not 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 well you said lightweight kind of were like the gooties and the Edas. no disrespect freaking love both those guys incredible incredible players but the canadian like in, in one year the canadian premier league showed the grassroots style of our soccer it's physical there there were there was a lot of contact last year that reminded me of growing up playing the game you got a real true representation of of the gritty material that Canadian soccer is all about. So I think somebody like Ida, who played in a, a lax system in the USL, came over from Japan, you know, maybe didn't have that type of tenacious opponent. Guti, same thing. You know, South America, you get one or the other. You get terrible defenses or you get defenses that are going to want to stab you with their cleats. You know, <laughs> it, these these guys came to Canada and, and maybe weren't quite physically or mentally prepared for the physicality of the game. I feel like Garcia, with that low center of gravity of his, was able to to almost fit in. You know what I mean? He, he used his pace with his strength to, to boom get through the back line, boom. And he used to draw fouls galore too. So I think that that's kind of the thing that Steven was focusing on with his signings too this year is a lot of the guys are coming from Canadian soccer backgrounds, Canadian soccer experiences. And the guys who were signed from overseas are coming from leagues that actually have the reputation for physicality. Even Marshall, the the Red Stripe League in Jamaica, these guys get like a red card every game, every other game. You look at some of the score sheets for some of these games, it's like, holy shit, six yellows on one team, five on the other. <laughs> it's it's a different breed of football, right? And it's CONCACAF as a region is so unique. People say it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's just a different brand. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, like watching the games like last year, like it really reminded me of, I would say, like kind of lower, lower league uh, English uh, division football or Scottish or Bingo. it's a very yeah. I, it's a very British Isles kind of yep. brand of football which is great to see like I mean like I, I prefer that side of it like you know it's like it's it is a contact sport after all um, I, I think you're right that a lot of the guys just weren't expecting a the level of this of the the opponents because I think they were a lot better than what they thought they were going to be and also just the pure physicality of it so uh, if you look at a lot of the guys they signed they seem to be taller (laughs) stronger so even even like Rigi he's short but like if you watch his highlight clips he's strong right he's almost in the mold of Garcia in that short but sturdy mold so I'm I'm excited to see how it all blends together so I guess the uh just before I let you go I guess the uh the overarching question people are going to be asking you is um where where do you think, looking at the other squads that have kind of come out, um, obviously we haven't seen Atletico Ottawa's yet, but uh, where do you think we're going to finish? Well, my head obviously is in a different place than my heart. My heart <laughs> is we're the best team in the league or at least going to be competing with Cavalry. Forge has done well to fortify losing Borges, losing Welshman, losing other players, but they haven't 
done anything, in my opinion, to kind of spark my imagination with them repeating as champions. If I'm going to pick a team to actually win, it's going to be Cavalry. But I think that we have more of a balanced and overall structure this year. And like you were talking about much earlier in the show, depth, that we're going to be able to compete with the Cavalries. Um, and I mean, York, that, what they had to their advantage last year as well was depth. And it looks like they've done the same thing this year is, is just kind of added on to that depth. I think we've responded well to what the other teams did last year. And as a result of that, I think that my heart might be more accurate than my head. So in my head, like you said, anything better than last year is going to be great. Compared to the other teams, I still think we're not quite a playoff team. Maybe that 4-5 zone. I feel like we're better than Valor. I feel like we're better than Edmonton. And I feel like, this is going to sound shocking, we're better than Forge. Wow. So that's that fifth place zone right now. We don't know what's going to happen with Pacific. They're throwing together a really strong team. You know, them and Cavalry is actually my pick for the championship. My heart says that we are the best team in the league because we have we have focused on like yeah I guess I already said it we have focused on seeing what all the other teams did last year seeing what we didn't do well last year and found a healthy medium and I don't feel like any of the other teams in the league have addressed some of the issues they had last year as much as they've just tried to sign a new player move on sign a new player move on sign a new player move on I feel like we're addressing situations that we struggled with last year, but we're also fitting puzzle pieces into Steven's structure. So my head says we're going to finish fourth or fifth. My heart says we're going to make the playoffs. We'll probably finish runner-up, though. Okay. You're here to hear first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I just want to thank Chris for uh, running through the whole squad with us, man. It was like a great job. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it really did. We even like I, I we forgot about G at the end, but we talked about G at the end. So I mean, it, uh, Garcia, man, I I can't wait to see Froggy back on the field. I can't wait to see everybody back. I can't wait to see all the new guys. I'm anxious, man. I'm anxious. Yeah, it's like it's. Uh, I think now that the like preseason is going to be starting, that it feels like a lot more real than. You know, just seeing the announcements pop up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever like that. The fact that these guys are going to be in the city is going to make it feel like a whole lot um, more real. So, um, yeah. yeah, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. That was really in-depth and uh, a, a great way for people to get an introduction to the squad. Um, I'll see you on Wednesday for our chat with the main man himself. Um, yeah, so take it easy, man. Hey, thank you, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. Um, I tried to provide as much as I could, but, you know, I think we're all going to learn a lot about these guys over the next few months. Take it easy, bud. Cheers, bro.